Our philosophy here on Two Teas in a Pod is to use English in its most natural form. Therefore, occasionally a bad word may slip through the net. This episode contains adult language. Welcome to the podcast, Two Teas in a Pod. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Two Teas in a Pod. So we're speaking to Mike Kopok about endurance challenges. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, doing well, thanks. <laughs> thanks for being on the show. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your interest in, in ultramarathons? Uh, yeah, so I grew up on the northwest coast of Scotland, um, kind of surrounded by mountains and kind of wild places. Uh, so I've always been interested in things like climbing, hill walking, um, and then going through university, I got more into alpinism, um, the more kind of extreme side of it. Then I decided to move to Barcelona in 2011, I think. Um, and couldn't really find anyone to go climbing with. And so I started running. I did the Barcelona Marathon and essentially just got hooked. And from there, I just started doing ultra marathons and longer kind of endurance events, kind of pushing the distance a little bit further each time. For our, for our listeners, what's an ultra marathon? So, yeah, I guess. Slightly um, for me as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a double one. So I guess an ultra marathon in theory is anything over a marathon. Okay. Um, but 50k would be the sort of lower limit, I think. Right, because a normal marathon's 42? 42 kilometers, right. yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, you would 50 kilometers is a really popular distance. Mm-hmm. And then you have things like 70, 75. Okay. Um, 100 kilometers is obviously a big in one. In one go, no stopping. Yeah, in one go, yeah. <laughs> that makes me feel unwell. <laughs> <laughs> What's the longest marathon you've ever done? So last year I did a 100-mile race, miles. which is 160 kilometers. Jesus. And yeah, that <laughs> took 27 and a half hours. Wow. So wait, it's not that's not even on the flat. We're talking, we're, there's mountains included here. Yeah, yeah. So kind of trail running... Um, I wouldn't say mountains for that one, more like okay. coastal hills. Okay. Um, but yeah, it had about 6,000 metres of ascent. So quite significant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, so uh, last year you completed something called the Island Munro Triathlon. Yeah. Invented by you and your friend, right? It's not like a thing lots of other people do. No, well, I can't t- actually take credit for that. It no. was Alex who invented okay. it. Yeah, he mm-hmm. came up with the idea. Okay, um, our listeners are going to need a little bit of background, like what's a Monroe? Mm-hmm. Uh, where did this take place? Uh, could you fill us in on some of those things? Yeah, so in Scotland, basically any mountain over nine hundred and fourteen meters is a Monroe. That's nice round number. As a Monroe. <laughs> yeah, it's 3,000 feet. feet. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's 282 Monroes in Scotland. And a lot of people have like a lifelong challenge of to, like, trying to complete go them, up all. them all. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a really nice way to discover the country as well because they're all over Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there are 13 that are on islands. So 12 of them are on the Isle of Skye. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So the most north. of them are on the Isle of Skye? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, and one of them is on the Isle of Mull, which is further south. Mm-hmm. So both islands are on the west coast of Scotland. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the idea basically was to join the mountains on Skye, which is further north, with the one Monroe on Mull to mm-hmm. the south. Mm-hmm. It's um, a good plan. Yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and what does that involve? So, the thing is, on the Isle of Skye, the so there's eleven Monroes mm-hmm. that form a long ridge line, and yeah, this is probably one of the most difficult ridges in Scotland. It involves quite a lot of technical climbing a lot of using your hands, um, moving carefully over quite steep or exposed terrain. Mm -hmm. So this was probably going to be the most dangerous part of the challenge, um, getting along the ridge safely. Mm -hmm. And then it drops down into a really wild valley. And then from sea level, basically, you climb up one more Monroe. Mm-hmm. So about 900 meters. Mm-hmm. And then descend off the other side. And that was the end of the kind of climbing part of the challenge. <laughs> oh, <God>. It's <laughs> like a really weird triathlon involving climbing. So what, 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 what happens next? So that part was about 33 kilometers and 3,300 meters of ascent. Uh-huh. And so how that, long did that take you to that point? So it took us to that point 14 hours. I think it was oh about 14 God. hours. We'd planned to do it a lot faster, mm-hmm. um, but typically Scottish conditions kind of prevented <laughs> us from going any faster. <laughs> We'd been weather watching for weeks, and essentially we had no other option mm-hmm. but to do it on that weekend. Mm-hmm. And as it turned out, it was pretty bad weather for that day. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of rain. Mm-hmm. There was water streaming off all the rocks. Wow. Um, so yeah, it kind of added quite a big element of risk mm-hmm. to the overall challenge. Yeah. Um, so we were pretty relieved to get down from that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, was there lots of like? Was there any hairy moments where you really thought, "Oh God, this is this is uh, a bit risky." In general. So it's it's quite obvious when you're there that you have to have a hundred percent concentration on right. various sections. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we both had a few hairy moments, mm-hmm. a few little slips. Mm-hmm. Or I fell over once, yeah, um, which was a little bit hairy, but I stopped. Luckily, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't when you say fell over, I'm a mad. Are you are you are you tumbling down the hill or? Uh, no, more of like a, a slip. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a big piece of rock, right. basically. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so it's a ridge, so you've got like sheer drops either side, or is it quite high? Yeah, so there's parts of the ridge where the drops are more present or mm-hmm. obvious, yeah. and there's other slightly easier parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but for most of the time, yeah, there's lots of drops. Yeah. Yeah. 
Scary. Yeah, fortunately for us, it was cloudy and misty for a lot of it, so you couldn't see the drop beneath okay. your feet. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it easier. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. <laughs> okay. Um, so then you've got down the ridge, and what's next? What's the next leg? Yeah, the then we met our support team mm-hmm. for the first time, yep. and they had lots of food prepared for us. Nice. Um, yeah, because we're both vegans, mm-hmm. um, the food was quite important. We, yeah. we wanted to have a lot of like homemade food, mm-hmm. things like lasagna, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. pasta, mm-hmm. just kind of nice... Good hearty meals. Yeah, yeah. hearty yeah. meals. Mm-hmm. Protein. Yeah. yeah. A bit difficult to get if you're vegan, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of like lentils and this mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a big meal mm-hmm. and then jumped on the bikes. What time of night is this? So now we're talking about midnight. Okay. Half past <laughs> 12. Oh, God. So you started what time in the morning? Like nine o'clock in the morning or something? Yeah, I think it was nine or ten yeah. o'clock we started. Okay. Yeah. Climb all day, get down to a car park, eat lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> Get on a bike. <laughs> and yeah, set off. Um, fortunately for the bikes action, one of our friends, Steve, mm-hmm. volunteered to pace us. Okay, okay. great. Um, so we had him out in front most mm-hmm. of the time. Um, but yeah, the night was really cold. Yeah, I bet. Um, I guess you must have been pretty knackered from going up and down the ridge or... How did yeah, it feel at that point? I guess we were tired, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, but because we still had so much left to yeah. go, um, you kind of block out what you've already done mm-hmm. and you consider it done, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forget about it and then you just kind of focus on mm-hmm. the next action focus with the kind of energy that, yeah. reserves that mm-hmm. you have left. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And what advantage do you get having someone pacing you? He's going at the rate you know you need to go, and you just... Yeah, so in that respect, we didn't need to think very much about the pace. We could just focus on maintaining or keeping that pace. I guess it's also a different kind of concentration, right? So previously you'd been like thinking about like where to put your hands and feet, and at this point you're just powering through with your legs. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, You kind of get into a kind of a rhythm and Mm -hmm. don't need to think about it so much. Yeah. Mm and yeah, it was quite crucial actually having Steve there mm-hmm. um, because we started to slow down a lot. Right. We started missing our time points. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and by this point, we were already, I think, two and a half hours behind our schedule. Right. Right. And it got to three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And we were frozen. Oh, God. We, yeah, we weren't very prepared for the bike ride. Um, mm. We thought it would be a little bit warmer. <laughs> um, and yeah, we basically sat in our support van at that point for about 20 minutes, mm-hmm. thinking we might not make the swim um, because after the cycle, there's a swim. And it was really important for that swim to have slack tide. So slack tide is when the basically when the sea comes up mm-hmm. and it's at its maximum point. So the water isn't moving in any direction. And so swimming at slack tide is really important. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you 
either get swept up or down, depending mm -hmm. on which way the water is moving. Yeah. So we had basically a tw 20, 30 minute window. Wow. Whoa, that's not long. That's not long. No. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like a two hour window. <laughs> yeah, two or hours. No. Wow. Yeah. So um, the timings are really important. Yeah, really okay. important. So we were sitting in the van thinking, it doesn't look like we're going to make the swim. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously without swimming to the other island, it was impossible to finish. Yeah. So we had some more lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cheered up a bit. Yeah, cheered up a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some nice hot coffee. Mm -hmm. And the sun came up. We started feeling a bit more energized. And Steve basically set a really fast pace, and we just followed him. Yeah. After all um, that coffee and lasagna, yeah, you had the power with the power <laughs> healing. And also seeing the sun, like, it must be difficult doing that at night when you can't see your progress and you can't even really see where you're going. Because I guess that part of Scotland, it's not really like it's not like a well lit yeah. part of um, mm -hmm. the world. So maybe having a bit of the sun coming up is a new day, a new energy. Yeah, definitely. Maybe? Mm -hmm. All right. Also, over the nighttime sections, you're kind of in your own own little world. Mm. Right. Like a sort of bubble of light. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you don't really see anything. So in that respect, it's kind of difficult yeah. mentally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, like you said, the sun comes up and it's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and also you see the landscapes. It's a beautiful part of the world. Right? Yeah. It must inspire mm -hmm. you. Ah, this is why we're doing this in this place because it's such a wonderful yeah. place to be. Yeah, no, definitely, really mm -hmm. uh, motivating and mm -hmm. inspiring just to see all the mountains. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Mists rolling across them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Morning dew. Yeah. <laughs> was it sunny the next day? <clears throat> we had sections of sun. Yeah, it was, <laughs> that's um, pretty good for Scotland. That's pretty yeah. good for the West Coast. Yeah, periods of sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, you did you make it to? For the slack tide? So we made it by 15 minutes. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> so the bike ride was 11 hours, I think, in total. Um, so you cycled from, at this point, well, I guess we'll put links to your, to your route, but you cycled yeah. from Sky across the bridge yeah. and then all the way down to Mull. Yeah, past uh, Fort William. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that cycle was 244 kilometers. So I think it's just wow. on the 150 mile mark. Okay. Right. In 11 hours. Yeah. Um, including breaks. Mm -hmm. um, a few breaks. It's impressive. So mm -hmm. yeah, 15 minutes. We got to the sound of Mull where we mm -hmm. needed to start the swim. So we sort of fell off our bikes <laughs> and, into yeah, the water struggled into our wetsuits mm -hmm. yeah. oh god it must have been really sweaty hard. and cold yeah. into yeah. a wetsuit oh nice yeah yeah pulling on a wetsuit after 26 hours of exercise is the last thing you want to do <laughs> i bet did someone help or was it just a one no, man one just man effort a struggle yeah <laughs> Wow. And yeah, and then it was basically jumping straight in. Mm -hmm. um, we had a support boat. 
mm-hmm. okay. um, which was really important because it's quite a busy shipping lane. Right. There's okay. mm-hmm. a passenger ferry, um, lots of fishing boats. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think the swim was what I was most nervous about beforehand mm-hmm. um, because I'm not really a swimmer at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually it turned out to be one of the best parts. So it's kind of sunny, mm-hmm. um, you're kind of under the water, you've got like the rhythm of swimming, and it was actually quite relaxing after <laughs> the challenges of the day before <laughs> yeah. and the night before. And yeah, actually we really enjoyed the swim, nice. it was really nice. Are they different muscles that you use for swimming? Some of them. <laughs> yeah, some of them, yeah. <laughs> Imagine you'd be using your arms more than you would be cycling. Maybe yeah. not, I don't know. Yeah, I think I was using my legs more um, because I'm a runner. Mm -hmm. My my arms are kind of useless in that situation. (laughs) Um, Alex is a much better swimmer than me, so he he had a better technique. But on the other side, his legs were cramping a little bit. Okay. Um, So then you were like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so then we finished the swim. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to swim across? I think it was about one hour, 15 minutes. So at that mm-hmm. point, I guess the slack tide was leaving or not. Is that how it works? Yeah, the tide had come out a little bit by that point. Right. Um, but we didn't actually get swept up or down okay. any kind of distance. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was really lucky, actually. Um, really lucky. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, the swim was two and a half kilometers, I think. Something like that. Wow. Um, so, yeah, we managed to get through that okay. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit of a wash. Yeah. A refreshing dip <laughs> in the seat. <laughs> <laughs> and was your support van waiting for you on the side? So, we had, yeah, we had a car on the other side, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, okay. They took the ferry across. Mm-hmm. It was really funny, actually, when, when we were right in the middle of the swim the ferry went past <laughs> and we could hear our support team cheering from the ferry. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, yeah, I like that. You've got to have a little fan, gr- fan yeah. club yeah. in your groupies. Yeah, so good for motivation as yeah. well to keep yeah. you going. Right. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was yeah. that the end of it? So then not quite. No. we <laughs> crawled out of the sea um, <laughs> Crawled out of the wetsuits. Yeah, crawled out of the wetsuits. <laughs> <laughs> Had a bit more lasagna. Nice. Um, Must have been a big lasagna. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> Family sized. <Nice. laughs> um, yeah, we had a good kind of regroup there mm-hmm. because we had all of the support team at that point. Okay, nice. And it was quite sunny. We were next to the sea. Mm-hmm. So it kind of felt like a bit of a kind of social gathering almost. Nice. It was sort of easy to forget that we still had 24 kilometers to go mm-hmm. on the bikes. Oh, oh God, and you then, had to get back on the bikes. So we had to get back on the bikes. <laughs> Did you bum, can I just ask a question? Did you bum hurt at that point? Yeah, it was <laughs> bit, pretty bit sore, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, getting back on the bikes wasn't particularly pleasant. No. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, that bike ride actually was really tough. Um, the sleep deprivation had right. kicked in by that point. Mm-hmm. I think it was... So by that point, I mean, we'd been 
on the go for 27 hours. Um, but we'd probably been awake for maybe 30, 31. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we got through the bike ride and in true Scottish fashion. It was a really heavy downpour. Ah, uh, classic. Just before we finished. And <laughs> because we sat off in the sun. Yeah. It was yeah. quite nice. Mm-hmm. We were wearing just like our cycling tops and shorts. We didn't have our jackets. And yeah, just got totally soaked. Oh no. About five minutes before the end of the cycle. Should have kept your wetsuits on. (laughs) And so, yeah, we finished that cycle. And then there was the final Munro, the final mountain. Oh, you still had to go off another mountain? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God, it's never ending. (laughs) Last one, last one. Yeah, the last one. So... Yeah, we were motivated, but yeah, the final climb was 960 meters, more or less. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was really tough. Yeah. So we were going really slowly. It was just every step at a time. Um, was it like like climbing, climbing, or more like a walk, a walkable mountain? Uh, this one was walkable. Okay. Yeah. So quite a quite a long climb, well, mm-hmm. four. Four and a half kilometers, okay, but a steady gradient, yeah. mm-hmm. so not nothing too steep or extreme. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, mm-hmm. But yeah, after thirty hours of other exercise, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and yeah, eventually got to the summit ridge, where the mountain mm-hmm. kind of flattens out, and we managed a little jog. A little run to the end, <laughs> the symbolic. <laughs> yeah. The last straight, you gotta. Yeah. And yeah, touched the top, and it was, I think it was 32 hours, 22 minutes. Wow. Is that so? Do you only count it when to when you get to the top? Because you still got to get down again. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> no? But okay. You choose the finish line, right? You choose yeah. the finish line for the top of that. What was that name of that Monroe? So that Monroe is called Ben Moore. Okay. And it's mm-hmm. yeah, the only Monroe mm. on Mull. That's true. Yeah. I do know that name. Yeah. Nice. That, how did it feel to get to the end? <sighs> yeah, it's a difficult one. You don't, at that point, it's not really euphoria or elation or mm-hmm. anything like that. It's more relief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thank God that's over. <laughs> <laughs> Think about how good it is later. Yes, yeah, it's true. Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. We're both but, okay. <laughs> but no, it, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of had a big hug on top. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know, kind of feelings of pride, a little bit of disbelief, really. Yeah. The, so much planning, so mm-hmm. much training, it was yeah. kind of over. And it yeah. seemed like it, it had passed in an instant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, how how long did you sleep for after that? <laughs> or when did you go to sleep? Yeah, what time of day was it then? So that was, I think we finished, it must have been about five or six o'clock. Oh, okay. Um, so you could go straight to bed. <laughs> well, the, we missed the last ferry oh, no. off the island. But fortunately, our support team with the boat, mm-hmm. they'd come, they'd stayed okay. and waited and they'd collected us from... From Mull, and they took us back across. Okay. Amazing. But um, yeah, I was working at 9 a.m. the next morning. What? So, 
my goodness. My dad, <laughs> my dad was in the support team. He was one of the boat crew. Mm-hmm. Right. So we got to the other side. We had some food. Um, and he basically drove me home. So I slept wow. a bit in the car. I think it was three hours home. <laughs> um, we got home, must have been 11 or 12 o'clock. And then straight to bed, up at 8 a.m. Oh, my God. How did your body feel? Yeah, the next day, it's kind of deep fatigue. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of difficult waking up initially. Um, Having a shower is often quite painful. Trying to put your arms above your head. Yeah, getting your arms above your head. And if you've got, like, scratches or... Mm -hmm. Kind of yeah. any areas that have like rubbed or chafed, then yeah. that's really painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of, I was fortunately I was working online. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. So I shuffled <laughs> downstairs. <laughs> Just got to get yourself in front of a computer. Yeah, <laughs> cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, essential, essential. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe you worked in work at nine in the morning the next day. I know day. that's <laughs> that's almost the most crazy thing. Yeah. You'd expect, I don't know, 14 hours sleep or something. Yeah. Mm, so once you just, once you got back down, when, did you have to do any, like, stretching or how did you come, like, prepare your body for coming down after such a such a long period of exercise? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, sense? it's a good question. I think stretching at that stage of fatigue doesn't really help i think if anything it would make it worse oh yeah okay um because you've damaged so many muscle fibers Mm -hmm. in your body you're just damaging them more yeah i think if you try to do a big stretch immediately after you would just do a bit more damage Mm. but yeah i tend to leave it for two three days Mm -hmm. until i'm kind of feeling like i can walk comfortably Mm -hmm. and then i would start a bit of stretching Mm -hmm. um Maybe a bit of like massage as well mm-hmm. really helps. Okay. Do you think that being vegan helps? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I noticed in my training actually mm-hmm. when I went vegan, I kind of went through a training barrier. Um, I think it was one of the reasons why I kind of improved more than what I was at before. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could really push yourself. Yeah, I think so. And I think because you're not eating any meat or any cheese or milk or anything like that, they can have a slight inflammatory effect okay. mm. um, in your joints. I mean, it's not a big effect at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you're doing exercise for such a long period of time, yeah. I think that could make a difference. Every little helps. Yeah. Right? yeah. What does the, the training regime look like for something like this? Yeah, so the funny thing was that both of us were not really triathletes. Okay. Um, So the swimming and the cycling was kind of new to both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started cycling, I think it was three or four months before the event. Mm -hmm. And the cycling I found quite easy. Mm -hmm. Um, It's quite transferable from running. So I could jump on the bike and already I could cycle for quite long distances. Um, but the swimming I found hard because mm-hmm. um, I didn't have the upper body or any of like the 
back muscles for swimming. Mm-hmm. So I think I got in five or six swims before, but they were quite long. Mm-hmm. So each time I went swimming was maybe three kilometers, mm-hmm. um, but obviously quite slowly. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the fifth swim, I felt like, okay, I can do the distance that I need to be able to do. And that was enough for me, really. <laughs> yeah, I know I can do that bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess at that point, maybe it's not the full focus. Yeah. Um, yeah, lots of running training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So long runs at the weekend mm-hmm. um, are the most important thing, really, for endurance. Mm-hmm. So long runs would be anything from 35 kilometers to 50 or 55 kilometers. So running a marathon every weekend. Yeah, more or less, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and then short runs during the week. Yeah, shorter yeah. runs during the week and a little bit of speed work as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What What's a short run to you? So between, I'd say a short run would be 15 kilometers, okay. 10, 15. Okay. But yeah, I would regularly run up to 20 during the week as well. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a runner. No, I did the marathon once, and my, my long runs were your short runs. <laughs> 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 I think I did 17 was my standard one I was doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the marathon, I think, is harder. Um, yeah. Because it's more about speed, hmm. whereas my running is more about endurance. Hmm. So I'll do very long distances, but not particularly fast. Okay. Right, okay. At a kind of easy, conversational pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. God, having a conversation while running of any kind is not in, <laughs> not not possible for Let's me. Let's do the rest of this episode while we jog around. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke, Tim. Not. Um, you filmed the whole thing, right? Yeah. And our listeners can watch the film. Yeah, it's, both a, great, it. it's, it's a great little documentary. Um, what was the process of filming it like? How did you film it? You have GoPros or? Because yeah. you've got sound as well. Talk us through that. Yeah, so I had basically just an action cam. Okay. Um, it was a DJI Osmo. So very similar to a GoPro. Okay. Um, and yeah, I just kept it with me at all times. Um, you might notice when you watch the documentary that there's very little coverage of the cycle overnight. Uh, that was, yeah, it's true, yeah. Um, because we were having such a bad time. Like, I don't want to film this. <laughs> I didn't film anything. <laughs> um, but in the morning, I kind of remembered, oh, I need to start filming again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a case of having it close and then whenever one of us went through a little like difficult section or something that looked particularly nice, mm-hmm. we'd pull the camera out. Yeah, it looks amazing. Like the some of the views and what well, something that comes across really well is like your and Alex's relationship and the mm-hmm. way you support each other. And mm-hmm. it's yeah. really, really, really nice. Mm-hmm. There's an amazing shot where he's holding the camera and you're coming up behind him and he's you can just see just a, a, a drop behind you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, say something inspirational. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm just going, oh, my God, don't die. That's like the inspirational thing I can do. 
but yeah, really, yeah, I agree. It really came across that yeah, has a good, you guys have a great relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that it worked really well. Um, just because we've known each other our entire lives, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, doing something like that in the mountains requires yeah. a really strong bond of trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a mountain guide as well. All oh, right. Okay. Oh. So. He was kind of fitter for the mountain part and all of the climbing sections, he was much fitter than I was. Mm-hmm. And so in that respect, it was kind of good. I could just trust him and he knew the route. Uh, the route on the ridge is really complicated. Yeah. So it's quite easy to go the wrong way and you end up having to come back again. And mm. so we got the route perfect. Even um, in the terrible weather. Yeah. yeah. That's good. It's good to have a mountain guide for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was really worried about that, actually, mm-hmm. um, because I haven't been climbing for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I basically just had to trust him entirely, and I was just following him yeah. into the mist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's when you want to have someone, you know, yeah. you've known your whole life that you really trust yeah. in that situation. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us a bit more about why you were doing it? Or what was the... Yeah, so Alex had had the idea about 10 years ago mm-hmm. as just like a challenge to do. Um, and he suggested it to me then. And I thought, yeah, that would be great. But it never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, two years ago, um, Alex's dad died in the Himalayas. Oh, God. Um, and so the family set up a charity called the Martin Moran Foundation. Mm-hmm. And last year was its first year. So we decided to bring back the Island Monroe's Triathlon mm-hmm. to fundraise for the charity. And so, yeah, it was also extra motivation there. Yeah. Um, seeing all the donations coming in mm-hmm. and like all the support of our friends and like mm-hmm. people that we didn't know. It was like, yeah, really yeah. motivational to get the training done and mm-hmm. to keep pushing as well on the yeah. day. You can have um, that in the back of your mind, like, yeah, yeah, pushing you on. That's amazing. And so, yeah, we were kind of doing it in Martin's memory mm. and also to raise money for the Martin Moran Foundation. Yeah. And how much did you raise in the end? In the end, we raised ten over £10,000. Wow. Nice. Whoa. That's really good. Yeah, I know. I was shocked, actually. <laughs> I never expected to raise that much money. But yeah. were they just from individual people donating, or was it was a big, bigger kind of corporations donating? I think mostly it was individuals. Um, God, that's so generous! Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. A lot of Martin's old clients, um, mm. me and Alex's friends, of course. Um, and yeah, our families as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. And what does the foundation do? What do they? So yeah, the with, with that money, um, last October, they ran a course. I think there were nine <coughs> teenagers on the course. Mm-hmm. And basically what they do is they support these teenagers who would have otherwise found it really difficult to get outdoors, to get climbing, to get hill walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and mountain equipment, they supply all of the equipment for 
the teenagers, all of the clothes, the jackets, mm-hmm. the waterproofs, rucksacks. Yeah, which can be expensive stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And the special thing with this is they get to keep all the equipment. Nice. That is cool. And they get a week-long guiding experience in the Scottish mountains. Wow. That so is rock cool. climbing, navigation, hill walking. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the idea is that they can go back to, like, their communities, their friends, and kind of inspire other people yeah. to get out into the mountains and have adventures. That's cool. That is a really cool That's thing to really do. That's a really cool foundation, yeah. Was, um, well, did Martin inspire this? Sounds like he might have been yeah, quite no, Martin was. <clears throat> so he had a particular style of guiding, mm-hmm. which was really adventurous. Mm-hmm. So he would he would take clients on new routes or to do new mount, new first ascents in the Himalayas um, to unknown or rarely climbed areas in Norway. So yeah, his whole ethos was like the spirit of adventure, basically. Wow. And so yeah, that's kind of what the foundation is trying to give to these teenagers mm-hmm. to kind of continue his legacy and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To get more people into the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, me too. Um, but that wasn't your final adventure of that for summer. last year, was it? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what did you go on to do next? So, um, yeah, I finished up my work. Um, I think I had two or three more weeks of work, mm-hmm. and then it was straight into uh, Pyrenees crossing. So, yeah, I set the fastest known time or the record on the high route in the Pyrenees. Mm -hmm. So it's called the Pyrenees-Hort route. Um, And it basically goes from the Atlantic Mm -hmm. to the Mediterranean. Right. Um, But over the high pass, all the high passes of the Pyrenees. Amazing. In how many days? So it was just over 12 days. And it was about 750 kilometers and 40,000 meters of ascent in total. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Just the 40,000. Just 40,000 <laughs> meters of ascent. And this was uh, on your own this time, right? Yeah, this was on my own, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. yeah, it's quite a different thing <laughs> doing something like that on your own compared to with someone else and with yeah. a support team. Um. Yeah, just something completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quite a contrast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but were you running it, or were you just were you running most of it, or you were you walking it? So yeah, and these things because I was averaging about three thousand meters of ascent every day, and so obviously God. I was having to walk up the hills. Mm-hmm. But to get a fast time, you need to run down and you need to run all the flat bits as right. well. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about, um, so unsupported, that means that you're having to kind of carry all of your own equipment. That's including cooking, food, yeah, sleeping. So, yeah, it's called, well, the, it's called self-supported right. um, because I can use shops. Mm-hmm. or uh, mountain huts or like hostels that I find on the route. But on this route, there's not many towns. So yeah, I was carrying my sleeping kit, a small stove, um, 
one change of clothes. And that was about it. Um, <laughs> and obviously the food that I needed for mm -hmm. however many days. Yeah. But yeah, the food was the difficult thing, really. Especially um, being vegan, no? Yeah, no, being <laughs> vegan and having to find food in small mountain villages in France and Spain yeah. <laughs> is a challenge. Um, what did you end up eating mostly? Mostly couscous and oats. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, my food on the mountain wasn't particularly good. Um, mm. So I'd have couscous, like a cup of soup. Mm -hmm. I'd have oats for breakfast mm -hmm. um, and a lot of Oreos, <laughs> a lot of crisps. <laughs> um, in that situation, it's more just calorie intake yeah. right, right, right. as opposed yeah. to nutrition. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but fuel. then getting down to the towns, I would try and eat lots of fresh fruit and veg and mm -hmm. yeah. kind of have something really nice to eat in the towns. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's impressive. Um, and how long did it take you? What was the kind of um, prep time for that? Like uh, what I mean is planning time. I don't mean prep time, I mean planning time. How long did it take you to plan that route? Um, <clears throat> I'd say probably the best part of a year on and off. Um, yeah, I got quite obsessive about mm -hmm. these things. Um but as it turned out, I didn't particularly plan it very well. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> essentially, I planned where I needed to get food and the distances. But I didn't really remember remember my planning very well day to day. Mm. Right. Um, so I didn't really know where there were big climbs or big descents. But I knew the total distance and I was working more on distance every day mm -hmm. as opposed mm -hmm. to ascent. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, this provided quite a few shocks <laughs> along the way with unexpected climbs. Or... At the wrong time of day. Yeah. Like, oh, no, it's seven o'clock at night. Is that something you would, mountain. if you did it again, is that something you'd change? I don't think so, no. Um, it just kind of adds to the adventure. And mm -hmm. I kind of, I like running and not really knowing where I'm going to stop. Mm -hmm. um, I had a little, a really basic tent, so I could stop anywhere, essentially. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it just kind of adds to the excitement if you don't know what's coming around the next valley. or mm -hmm. And obviously I knew more or less where I was and the towns. But um, yeah, one of the surprise moments was coming round a valley and seeing the north face of Vigna Male, which is a really iconic face in the French Pyrenees. Mm -hmm. Really, really famous. And I came around the valley and I was like, ah, there's Vigna Male. <laughs> totally didn't expect that. <laughs> it's like I one, know that mountain. <laughs> yeah. I know, minute. <laughs> it was one of the highlights of the route. Wow. And yeah, that kind of made me think, Maybe I should have planned this a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're right. Maybe it's part of the adventure. Yeah. Just discovering it along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Any particularly hairy moments, scary moments, low moments, high moments? Well, one seeing Vinyamalu, but... Yeah, yeah. That, that day was definitely one of the mm -hmm. high moments. It was mm -hmm. blue skies. It was yeah. amazing weather. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, I had a lot of rain, thunderstorms, days mm-hmm. of snow, like snow up high. Um, one of the particular low moments was on the highest part of the route. Mm-hmm. And it goes through very rocky, rocky, like glaciated terrain. Oh and the day before, it had been raining all day. And mm-hmm. the next morning, I discovered that the rain had frozen solid to all the rocks. Oh God. So on everything, there was a layer of ice. And oh no! It, yeah. <laughs> Sounds dangerous. It was five o'clock in the morning, yeah. like freezing cold, obviously. And I was in trail running shoes. God. And in that situation, it's kind of a very delicate balance yeah. because obviously, if you turn back, hmm. then the record is gone because I was going for the fastest time. Hmm. But to go forward, I knew that it was going to be potentially a little bit risky. Yeah. Um, I decided to go forward because <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't want to go back. Yeah. And yeah, I spent the next three eight, three hours, I think, basically crawling over rocks. So I, my feet were slipping everywhere. And I imagine being in rollerblades yeah. in a, a boulder field. <laughs> it was essentially like this Um, so yeah I had to take it really carefully because if I fell over hitting a rock or something could be really dangerous as well Mm -hmm. and I think I was doing one kilometre an hour I'm not surprised (laughs) yeah for about three hours yeah that was a particular low moment yeah Um, probably the most risky moment yeah well it's that moment right where you're thinking you know balancing the record with your safety and yeah (sighs) yeah i know it's a delicate balance Mm -hmm. also because all my equipment was super light right not prepared for that sort of yeah extreme temperature well yeah the temperature was a problem but Mm -hmm. also not having crampons on. Yeah, not having yeah. crampons mm-hmm. and like my trousers, waterproof trousers and jacket. If I'd hit a rock, mm. yeah. they would have just ripped mm. right open. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a dicey <laughs> moment. <laughs> and how did you feel when you saw the Mediterranean Sea? Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually see it until quite late on, yeah. though. Um, there's one point in the course just after Andorra mm-hmm. where you can usually see the Mediterranean, but because it was a little bit misty, mm-hmm. I couldn't see the Med until maybe 60 kilometers away. And then it was suddenly there, shining and <laughs> shimmering in the light. <laughs> Looking like, inviting. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Did you jump straight in for a swim when you got there? Did you finish on the beach? Yeah, I finished yeah. on the beach, okay. yeah. Um, the last night had been quite harrowing right? Um, because a storm had blown in. Mm-hmm. And so going over the last peak mm-hmm. in the dark and in the mist, I kind of lost the path. I didn't know where I was for a while. It was raining. yeah. And I'd been on the go for about 
27 hours by this point, oh I think, to finish. You were just like, I want to finish it and I'm yeah. not going to go to sleep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so I ended up taking shelter until dawn. Mm-hmm. And at dawn, I managed to find my way off the mountain. And, right. But I'd sprained my ankle that night. Oh, no. Oh, God. In the dark and in the mist. <laughs> so when I woke up, I was like, ah, something wrong with my ankle. <laughs> and yeah, that got progressively worse and worse as I was coming towards the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I hit the town, I was in a lot of pain. Oh, God. Um, and I basically yeah, shuffled and hobbled <laughs> <laughs> to the beach and, yeah, basically collapsed on the beach. <laughs> like face down in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also quite satisfying to yeah, know yeah. that I'd literally given everything to yeah. finish. Yeah. Did you... Did you set the record then? Is that is that the record? Yeah, that's the record now oh my for God. that route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Do you think anyone else will try to break it anytime soon? Uh, <laughs> so I've had a few emails from various people who are thinking about trying it this summer. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah that'd be good to good to see how they get on. It's kind of amazing, like two pioneering routes in the same, like within a matter of weeks of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I think mm-hmm. it's something to be proud of. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of satisfaction there. Mm-hmm. It comes yeah. after the event as opposed to <laughs> at yeah, the finish during line. The yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thanks a lot for speaking to us today. Yeah, speaking thanks to very us much. Today. That was really fun. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. good. It was really interesting to hear your story. Yeah, Thank you definitely. so much for sharing it with us. And um, if people want to watch the film or read about your exploits, where can they do that? We'll put all the links in the description. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, so the film is on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, the account is Mike Kopok. Mm-hmm. But if you search for the Island Monroe's Triathlon, you'll find it there. Mm-hmm. Um, under the film as well, there's also a link to the fundraising. Okay, brilliant. So yeah, if you like the film, feel mm-hmm. free to donate and inspire <laughs> more young people into the mountains. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Okay, well, thanks a lot, Mike. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast, two teas in a pod. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, two teas in a pod. Thanks a lot for listening to the show. I'd just like to thank everyone involved in the two teas in a pod team, specifically Ben Ward, our wonderful producer for recording and editing all of the episodes. Also, Mark Wilding for designing our logo and all our branding. Um, Lisa Marie Court, Bernice Ray, Vicky Milena and our own Katie Wright for singing our jingles and all you lovely listeners for listening along. And of course, to the wonderful Katie Wright, my wonderful co-host. Bye!